A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. You cannot just brush off customer service. You cannot just brush off the uh, the operating system, the SOP, something like that. So it's the same way as with what with what we're doing right now. So to spread out our name, our brand, we are doing the franchise, and then here's the good news: we also created another company. It's called Bex Worldwide. It was uh, launched last year, actually. Bex Worldwide now serves as the sales arm. Why is it the sales arm? Because um, with Bex Worldwide, we help out our clients build their own businesses. And good evening, good afternoon, good morning from wherever you're watching from here in the Philippines and from all over the world. My name is RJ Ledesma and welcome to my podcast, the RJ Ledesma Podcast. In this podcast, I interview the country's pioneering business personalities and entrepreneurs to learn more about how they are thinking about doing business. What are their success secrets? Can they share them with us? How have they innovated or pivoted their businesses during this pandemic? But more importantly, what business opportunities do they see emerging for other fellow entrepreneurs during this new or rather now normal? Is there a business personality or entrepreneur that you would like me to interview here on the podcast? Please let me know. Drop me a message. I would love to hear from them. I would love to pick their brains. We are also live right now on Kumu, CBRC TV, Global Pinas TV, and the Bounce Back Network. If you are enjoying this podcast and are learning a lot from it, please subscribe and invite more friends to listen to the RJ Ladespa podcast also here on YouTube. Now, before we begin with the podcast, I just like to thank our friends and give a shout out to Vessel. Vessel PH can help you future-proof your business by boosting your digital presence and making sure that you can attract more customers and more sales. If you want to learn more about them, just click on the link in my description tonight. A business which began and boomed amidst this pandemic. We have the founder and president of BEXCS Logistics Solutions. We have she, her name is Marjorie Medina Rubio, and she is a Bulacan Bulacan-based express courier that started amidst this pandemic. Now, Bulacan is not always included in most local courier service areas. So Bulacan Express Courier Services or BEXCS was created to bridge gaps in the local e-commerce community through providing excellent logistics solutions. They call themselves an end-to-end fulfillment logistics solutions company. BEXCS offers express delivery, international shipping, whether import or export, cargo via land, sea or air, and warehouse and inventory management to small and medium enterprises. Other branches also serve as a remittance and payment center for all the customers. Since then, and since it started during this pandemic, they already have 10 branches, four of which are owned by the company, and six are joint ventures throughout Luzon. Not only that, 
they are about to begin expanding their footprint nationwide. And let's find out more about that. And please welcome my good friend, Miss Marjorie Rubio. Marge, welcome to the program. Hi. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning to everyone. <laughs> I'm glad to be here at your show. Marcy, it's so nice to, to have you here, and I've been looking forward to it. I've been seeing all the great news about the company. In particular, you just hit your second anniversary. How does it feel? Because, I mean, your company was born amidst the pandemic. Companies have shut down. Now you're even celebrating. How is it like for you? Well, it's overwhelming, RJ. Not just overwhelming, of course, but uh, we're, we're just uh, blessed and uh, we're fortunate to be one of those, uh, as what they say, where we belong to the disruptive uh, companies who were uh, born in the midst of pandemic. I love that. And we're going to take a, talk about a bit more about disruption later on and, and what you were disrupting. But again, yeah. you know, uh, the, your company truly embodies what, what uh, Albert Einstein once said, which is, in the midst of crisis lies great opportunity. Right? I mean, that's right. exactly uh, where you guys entered into. And just recently, unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it because I was also hosting, <laughs> but you just launched your second anniversary and right. you had a big announcement over there. And what's that big announcement that you had, Marjorie, in, during, the, during your anniversary? Yeah, so uh, we we launched uh, last uh, April 29th in Resorts World. It's our uh, grand launch also for the uh, franchise line. So we we opened to the public our franchise line, and uh, we also uh, announced that we are pioneering the blockchain applied logistics in the Philippines. Wow, blockchain! <laughs> For logistics, yes, I can see yes. the possibilities right now that's going to happen as a result of the blockchain over here. And maybe later on, uh, we'll explain it a bit more for the other people who can get a better appreciation of how blockchain will really change the way that we do business in the logistics industry at the same time. But for those who are interested to become future or potential franchisees uh, of uh, BEX CS, is that how you call it? BEX CS? Uh, BEX. Bex, okay, if you want to be a future Bex franchisee, how can they get in touch with you? Well, they can go to the website. Uh, it's uh, www.bex.com.ph and uh, all the contact information is there. Um, once they uh, message us through Facebook as well, our franchise associates will be uh, reaching out to them. Fantastic. So let's just leave it over there. That's bexcs.com.ph uh, from Marge. And Marge, this is the more interesting thing you know, I, I want to ask. You know, you're a relatively new player, two years, but the company appears to be thriving. I'm going to go straight into the entrepreneurial thinking uh, that brought about this one. Yeah. Uh, and before that, no, I often tell people there has to be, a, you know, in marketing, they call it the unique selling proposition, or I guess maybe the secret sauce. I mean, yeah. there are many logistics companies. So how are you able to expand during the pandemic? Or what makes you different? What is the secret sauce that you think you had that makes you slightly different from the other logistics companies that are out there, big or small? Yeah. So uh, number one, our business model is very different. Uh, right now, we are more on the logistics solution side of the business, meaning to say we have international shipments, express deliveries, name it. So whatever the company needs to flourish, to thrive. We are there to support them. So we also give our expertise in terms of the solutions that we can provide to them, not just in terms of delivery, but we also design the logistics for them. That's the unique selling point. We design the logistics for them. We pick the kind of logistics that would suit their budget and also their needs. So it's going to be uh, easier for them to scale the business. So those are the keywords. We want to help businesses scale their business more in terms of having a back-end support 
Plus, we also combine financial technology with logistics in the franchise uh, in the franchise setup that we have right now. Okay. For, for those who don't appreciate what makes you a bit more competitive or your secret sauce, why? what's the current way business is being done if you approach a logistics company? And how are you doing it differently? Run me through the customer experience if I was going through a traditional logistics company and then if I was going to go uh, through you. I hope you don't mind. So that least we get a better appreciation. Uh-oh. Right, right. So for example, we have a client. Sila, they're shipping, uh, let's say they're shipping shoes, right? So some of this have different packages for shoes. Some of them would ship like one to five boxes. And then sometimes they would get resellers from other uh, from other provinces. Which, because if, if I'm the one who manufactures the, the shoes or if I rebranded it, I would want to sell it outside the my, my community so in our case for example if they go to us the usual the standard procedure for shipping a parcel it would always uh it would always fall on the uh volumetric size so whichever is higher volumetric versus the uh the actual weight so volumetric means you have to uh you do have to multiply the length with height something like that and then it would always fall on the table of rates Okay, there's a standard. Mm-hmm. But in our case, what we do is that we look into the package, we see the design, we tell them, okay, you know what? You can get more cost-effective shipping if we put it on cargo. If your client is not in a hurry to receive your goods and they want the value, you, you know, because sometimes mas mura pa yung item dun sa shipping cost. Oh, 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 all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. So, so parang masakit sa, sa client yun. So what we do is we tell them that, okay, let's do the cargo instead of the regular parcel delivery. That way they receive it on time, but they also, uh, the, the, the cost is also half the price. Kasi it's tailored fit. And we do this to a lot of clients. So one of our clients is also a mall. So they have big sizes, they have small sizes, and then we design it for them. We tell them when do you, uh, how do you ship this one, so that it will be more cost-effective for your buyers. Wow! So it's really customized to be able to achieve that. What there's a lot, yes. There's a lot of customization. Just a question. Like last week, I interviewed my friend uh, Kevin Carion of of Matchmo, and the thing about Matchmo is that you know it matches home loans to 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 buyers, right? Because they have an algorithm that immediately says. Uh, okay, more or less, if you if you fall into this category, if you've studied the banks, we know your your percentage of success will be better. With, uh, your probability of getting the loan from this bank would be better. Yeah. Is it the same thing? Have you developed some sort of algorithm also in, in BEX to make sure that, you know, if based on the package size and everything else, this might be the best route for you, the best cost for you? Or is that mano-mano pa rin? Uh, right now, yeah, we, we've developed uh, that that part of the dashboard. We have that. If if it triggers, so uh, when you input in our uh, new dashboard, it would trigger if if we know that the actual size is uh, much heavier and we know that the items to be shipped is for business. So then there's something like that. If we know that this is for business, then we cater it to cargo instead of the regular delivery. So we have a lot of solutions. Like, for example, we also have clients um, who are shipping flowers. So this cannot be catered by a regular, you know, by the regular uh, couriers right now. Because it, it's only, let's say, grab the, ex, the on-demand deliveries. But what if the other people outside the community or they don't like the, the pricing for on-demand? What's going to happen? So we have a standard rate. Okay, if we deliver it to this province, this will be your standard rate and so on and so forth. So we 
tailor fit for the industry if it's food we tailor fit if it's for flowers perishable for its uh if it's b2b so something like that wow so it's two things it's a one-stop shop for logistics and it's also a customized yeah. shop for logistics yes really amazing thing and with that let me just go first to our 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 chat box our comment box and and say hi to some people over here. First person I actually want to say hi over here to is, of course, to my Sandiko, the president of our BNI. <laughs> our first comment over here is saying, good evening, RJ Ladesma and Marjorie Rubia. Thanks so much, President Mice, uh, for supporting us. Also, please watch Mice. He's got her own show, The My Space Show. He also says at the last part, my Sandiko, go, go, go. Uh, hashtag Bex over there. Now, at the same time, we also have over here, my good friend over here, uh, Felix Asuncion, RMT. Good evening, everyone. Now, the reason I'm greeting Felix is because Felix and I both belong to Tetrix, which I just featured last Thursday together with Eman. It is a place where you can play on the blockchain, where, where everything basically is on the same platform that you can play with to connect uh, different players on the blockchain. And I think that uh, the solution which you're offering, which is bringing uh, blockchain to logistics, is something that uh, we can work together here uh, here on the podcast. And that's why really we do the podcast in the first place. It's the idea that yeah. over time, we get to meet different people, see how we can collaborate and help grow our ecosystem, both for starting yeah. and, and aspiring entrepreneurs. Thanks so much for saying hi to Felix over here. And of course, I have over here uh, Ruby Evangelista. Woohoo! Good evening, Sir RJ and Miss Marjorie. And last but not the least, uh, comments keep on coming in. We've got Bex Logistics Solutions. Excited to see you, Miss Marge and Sir RJ. Guys, keep your comments coming. I would love to speak to all of you and to and to to reflect and to, to share your comments later on as we continue with this discussion. So let's get back right now, Marge. No, um, so we know right now that it's both a customized solution and a one-stop shop yeah. solution. Yeah. And you know, offline we were talking is that you know, I, I often want to find out what was the person's background. To understand yeah. this opportunity <laughs> because like we often say about um entrepreneurship the entrepreneurial mindset is that for every uh, an irritation leads to an inspiration for doing business or there's a pain point that that comes to your head clearly as a business opportunity were you in the logistics business before this one or you weren't in the logistics business before this is that what gave you the insight i i wasn't in the logistics business at all it was uh so i was a market analyst for uh, six years, and then I uh, I was my background really is uh, from BPO, so I did a lot. I, I worked. And, and let's, a lot, let's go back a bit know. more. In fact, again, you were actually an accountant, diba? You were actually an accountant yeah, yeah, by, by, yes. by, by by profession, by profession and by yeah, college yeah. degree, Because I want to show people that you know, I mean, being an entrepreneur, you can come literally from any background. And, your professional background might have nothing to do at all with, with, yeah. with, with, <laughs> right, right. with the business you're doing here right now. So, lang. Let's 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 do let's do a bit of quick one over here. You began as an accountant. Yeah. So I I graduated. Uh, I can't remember when. <laughs> I get parantagal na. But yeah, I graduated uh, as an accountant um, in FEU, and then uh, I ventured right away to accounting. So I worked for ABS actually, a company under ABS. So. But I found myself really not into the accounting because I was very talkative at the time. So parang all my bosses didn't want me at the office because I talk a lot. So it, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, what I did was because the pay wasn't that good. I, and at that time, all the BPO, the call centers were emerging. 
So I, I came to a point that I applied and I was happy with the pay. And then I stayed for, for, uh, for a very long time. I became a trainer. Uh, so I did a lot of uh, upselling. And, and so, you know, my, my core uh, competencies came up from being an agent to being a trainer in the call center. And I communicate well. So you're, you're talking, you're then, talking was put to good use. The monetize mo, yeah. talking mo. <laughs> or na, yes. na, yes. mo, you talking mo, you talking skills mo. Right, right. So I, I, I found out that I'm very good. I'm a people person. And then I also love, you know, connecting people. So that has been my work. And then um, when I got pregnant, I didn't know that I was going to be put on bed rest because it was a complicated. Uh, I, I, I had to wait for, for my son for eight years uh, when I got pregnant. And then and the doctor told me that you can't, you know, they can't work anymore. That's it. You can't work anymore because it's a very risky pregnancy. So I had to stay at home. And then I had to sell. I had to sell a lot because we're not earning as much as when I was in the call center. So I had to, I had to do a lot of side jobs. I did um, selling, I did uh, part-time services, everything under the sun. And that's where I landed my work as a virtual assistant. And I became a market analyst as well. Can you explain what you mean by, for, for those who may be encountering the term virtual assistant for the first time, what did you have to do over there? So um, before pandemic, you know, guys, there's already a lot of people like us who work at home. So we're the ones who's, uh, you know, wearing suit, but, uh, you know, you have boxers underneath. So we do a lot of so virtual work. So kayo na pala sa trend na yan. Yes, ah, okay. yes, yes. That's right. So we were we were the few ones. I think the the virtual assistant world was just emerging at that time. It was in 2016, uh, 2014. So I started in 2014 uh, the the virtual assistant thing. I was a real estate agent in the U.S. selling houses and properties in the U.S. without being there. And I haven't been in the in the U.S. Wow. I had a lot of trainings, even in communication. You 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 needed to sound like you're a Native American from uh from the company because when you sell the. Sige nga, sige nga pa pa sample naman Paano gusto ko marinig yan? Di ba pwede? I don't know. I don't know if I can, if I can still yung, do yung, it. Yung, yung neutral, yung neutral uh, American accent pala pang ganyan. Oh my God. I I don't know. I don't know. Like uh well. We usually when when we when we pitch them the the say like um, hi Joe good morning this is Marge I'm calling from I'm I'm calling from uh, Remax International Property so I just wanted to know if you are interested in listing your property at <laughs> so something like that. <laughs> She's still got the skill. Yes, BPO. Hi, hi guys. <laughs> so a lot of the skills you actually picked up. So the interesting thing, and I what I, I I like people to to kind of pick up from this conversation is that nothing goes to waste, right? I mean, all the background that you had from I guess from accounting to to your trainings, you know, being a trainer and your and your sales skills, um, all those things. Uh, kind of prepare you for your your your, your future job. Sabi ni Ruby, ibang edista dito, galeng. Siyempre magaling. Uh, my Sandico also saying over here, clap, clap, clap. Really, really great job over here, Marge. And I'm so impressed because it's really about the hustle eh, that you put into this yeah. one. Okay. So, um, for virtual assistant, uh, you were selling in the, selling properties in the US, right? I was. And then eventually, how did you end up becoming a market analyst? Because I mean, when you say market analyst, it's, it presupposes that you have some skill sets or analytical skills that gave you the ability to become uh, a market analyst. How did you how did you qualify for that eventually? 
actually I was trained. I was trained. Um, I owe it to my boss. Um, his name is Jamie Miyazaki. Jamie, if you're listening to this, hello to the show. So um, I was I got acquainted with my client um, Jamie because one of my church mates introduced me to him. At that time, he was just looking for an assistant, talaga, an assistant, executive assistant. And so he trained me for a couple of years. He was giving me research. And then I had to interpret um, maybe 10 years of uh, background for the finance, financial company uh, data, right? something like that. So I have to interpret the market trend. I have to do a lot of uh, analysis. And then he puts it on the report. And then he asked me, okay, do you think this is worth your time studying? Like, So... Parang, at that time, to be honest, RJ, I had been crying a lot because I would he would get mad. Like, if I don't get the analysis correct, if he can't get the answer from me right, and I would say, I want to quit this job. I really want to quit this. I always tell it to myself because I, I, I have been dreaming na parang, oh, I'm so tired. I just want to stop working and... And, you know, but I can't do it because I, I need to hustle. I need to earn for my son. So, and I didn't know, little did I know that the role that I had with that company played a very, very crucial and important role here on the business that I have put in VEX. Wow. So, let's get into that one. So, uh, you learned the skills of market analysis. And what was the biggest skill that you gained from being a market analyst that you were able to reapply, I guess, into becoming the entrepreneur, to be to putting up that entrepreneurial venture that you had? What did you pick up from it the most? Well, I, I learned how to read the market, the emerging trends. I know how to pivot the business because I know where to start and I know where to end. So like what whatever I'm doing right now, so I, I'll... I'll I'll spoil a bit. Whatever I'm doing right now, this has been plotted in my previous plans before. Still thinking of what career is best for you? My name is Pat Soyo. Check out my podcast where we answer questions and debunk job descriptions by interviewing professionals so we can put an end to our career search. This is Job Defined. Available on wherever you listen to your podcast. Powered by Podcast Network Asia. I see. And so, but that means that the way that you're saying it to me is that you had many different competing ideas. I mean, the way that I speak it up, you had competing ideas of these are potential business opportunities to be done and that you've learned, right? Uh, but how did you choose, I guess, this opportunity for logistics versus, say, the others that you were encountering? Because, like, for yeah. example, give me the other opportunities that you also had, that, which were like, wow, these were these were great ideas. Um, you know, I, I could I could yeah. pursue them. I I actually tried to set up my own virtual assistant company in twenty in twenty sixteen because that was the I was trying to benchmark. What was the industry that was emerging in 2016? So that was the virtual assistant uh, community. So I hired, I hired my sisters, and then I told them, "You work for me." But we didn't, uh, we didn't push through for more than a year because I was losing clients, primarily because we can't get enough VAs under me at that time. So I, I did everything for like. Uh, when we get new clients, we have to train new VAs, right? But we didn't have enough capacity to recruit people in our team. So that's so I, I tried setting up that company before and it was doing well. Like 
in a year it 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 we we had like several clients but you know in the service industry especially with the virtual assistants if you lose one client it's like a domino effect because it's going to spread out in the you know in the industry so like they're going to fall out um eventually so i i said oh my god i thought i'm going to do good in this uh in this business so i i i i got back to being a va I continued working for my clients and then I learned further about the uh you know the industry and the reason why we chose logistics in 2019 and I've told this story so many times especially in the launch and I was crying it was because uh, my son who has um special needs so it was actually we were having a lot of challenges in terms of the uh medication and everything and, and my this husband is pre-pandemic pa to pre-pandemic to yeah pre-pandemic pre-pandemic so in 2019 my husband who also graduated a different course he's an electrical engineer by profession was doing grab at that time he was a rider a motorcycle rider for grab and grab at that time was just emerging for the motorcycle stuff so um he told me that you're good in doing the market research why don't you research the logistics industry so i did and so i did i did uh, i did it for three months wow. i did a feasibility study so i submitted it you know what to to my colleague my senior colleague in japan i asked her do you think this is worth uh, your investment if i bring this to your table and if you think this is a startup company so i didn't told her that it was my idea mm-hmm. i didn't tell her it was my husband's idea and then she read it and then she said wow this is like something yeah so she said this is this is going to be a breakthrough if you're able to uh you know pivot this business and i said okay i got a i got a green light from a consultant i got a green light from a senior analyst and then i said that's my business so fund it <laughs> So who fund who funded it initially? Ikaw ba or is it bootstrapping? Ikaw with some money from your pocket or did you get uh, uh you had an angel investor at the start? I had an angel investor and her name was really an angel. She was really her name was Angela. She was my uh she was a senior consultant in our uh company. She was based in Japan. Pinoy ba siya or is she Japanese or she's uh Japanese. She, uh she's a she's a Japanese American. And um, well, I, I I I'm proud to say she invested seventy uh, thousand pesos at that time, because initially we were just gonna cater Bulacan to Manila and then Manila to Bulacan, vice versa. So that was the original plan. Okay, so you you drafted the you you did study the industry, so you you yeah. used your market uh, analytical skills to understand. And what was that biggest pain point that you saw or that underserved opportunity? That was not foreseen by bigger or smaller players. That's that's what I find interesting. What, what how how are you able to see something that that more established players uh, were not able to see? Okay, so I rank I rank all, all the players in the industry at that time. I had to know, I had to know what was their common uh, common mistake. What was the common link? Not mistake. What was the common link? And number one, it's customer service. No one ever got at least three star on Facebook. It's always 1.5, 2.5, 3, or sometimes zero. So that's that's the first. So I I saw the opportunity that what if there's another logistics company who would serve the customers with a background coming from a BPO point. From so a something BPO perspective. Yeah, yeah, something which has a common customer obsession. It's a customer obsessed uh, industry, so that's one. And then the second one is that no one really tries to serve the unserved areas, the nearby provinces. Why? Because of proximity. Because no one wants the hard work. 
I am not saying no one wants the hard work, but practically speaking, if you're a big company, you will invest on the on the areas where there are a lot of players, right? economies of scale to go to a smaller yeah. area. Oh. Right, right. So I said, um, okay, let's try it out. How about we check on the uh, shippers? Let's see if there's there if there's really a market in Bulacan to Manila, because I cannot go outside my community. Number one, I don't have the resources. Number two, I don't have the team. It's just me and my husband. So I said, okay, if if everything plays out, we can scale it gradually, gradually. That's that's the plan, RJ. Gradual scaling. And as an analyst, you should always have a uh, contingency plan, right? There's always a contingency plan. You should have contingency one, two, three, four, up until. So at least you know. And and my boss always tells me, Jamie. You know, he always tells me. He, he told me this because I also showed him the uh, the feasibility. Did you not invest, Jamie? <laughs> he did. He did actually. Oh, he, he helped did. me. Okay, His wife okay, helped. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he did. And I, I was actually like, because um, he was the one who told me this, you know, Marge, how, how would you know if your business is successful? And then I asked him back, how? He said, if your business can flourish, can thrive without the help of other people, if your mindset is like that, like if you know how to pivot your way alone, if you don't depend on other on other business other other people then your business will be successful meaning to say if the model that you have if the model that you have is sustainable in itself then you will be successful so all the design that you're doing right now should promote sustainability got that big lesson for all those listening here right now it's the sustainability and for you what i mean help me understand better you know what made it possible or how do you how do you how do you appreciate the fact that it's possible that only you can run it and that you can make it sustainable? How does how did your business model accomplish that? So we created our own ecosystem. Even our clients are created. Okay, elaborate. Yeah. So what it, what we did uh, mostly is that we got the so we have we have a model we have a model we're in Bex before it was just uh, one company it's Bex Logistics. I told what's the best way to expand without putting additional OPEX, right? Because if you do asset buildup, you have you need to have a lot of capital That's right. in place. And the worrying part in doing a lot of asset buildup, when something bad happens, disruptive things happen, you yes. cannot just eliminate your assets right away, right? Which is happening right now. And so the best way to do it is just have uh, maybe one or two asset buildup, that would be enough. And then, how do you scale it? You do franchise. So franchise, in a sense, for services, is quite difficult. Why? Because it's not like the food industry that you can replicate the menu. Right. The quality you has can to be the same every time, sort of like that one. And service is not exactly. easy to replicate every time. Or scale. Service is not easy to scale every time. Yes, exactly. So, uh, because... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. My, because our core competency, my core competency is in training and development. We have plans that all the franchises will have an extensive training. It will be like similar to the call center type, the VPO types that you cannot just, you cannot just brush off customer service. You cannot just brush off the, uh, the operating system, the SOP, something like that. So it's going to be difficult um, if we are very relaxed. Because you have to carry the brand. It's it's the same way as with what you, what we're doing right now. So to spread out our name, our brand, we are doing the franchise. And then here's the good news. We also created another company. It's called Bex Worldwide. It was uh, launched last year, actually. Bex Worldwide now serves as the sales arm. Why is it the sales arm? Because um, with Bex Worldwide, we help out our clients build their own businesses. And so it's a, it's a whole ecosystem for us because we want to make sure that um, we just don't jump on the industry that, that is here right now. We also want to build our own ecosystem, our own community. We want to make sure that the people that we bring in to the entire business are those ones who, did, who didn't have the opportunity at first. Because it was like us, eh? No, RJ, it was very hard. Honestly, it was very hard to get into the game. Going head to head with, uh, you know, the the first line of uh, of competitors, the three the three PLs, and then we we went to the second line, and now we're competing with the third line. That, that that's like the biggest players in the industry, because um, I would say we're all already competing with with most of them, the big names in the in, in the industry. Uh, when you're talking about the, I'm curious. When you're talking about building your the the third company, the sales. How exactly do you do the sales? So it's not logistics you're doing there. You're just becoming, becoming like a a storefront for them. Can you help me better understand what you mean by by the sales? So uh, what we do with the uh, with the uh, with the third company with uh, Bex Worldwide is that um, we train, we train, uh, we train people, we train um, sellers on how to manage on how to capitalize on e-commerce, and when they are when they are able to compete, when they know how to do the business, and then we we support them with the shipping. Mm. Okay, so it's it's sort of uh, in parallel. I'll teach you e-commerce, and I'll, I'll, I'll also have ability to ship for you at the same time. So wherever yes. you are, we'll take care yeah. of logistics so that you create a marketplace for the clients to sell or a storefront for the clients to sell. So that's what you were doing over here. Yeah. Okay. Now, let's get back to the idea that, okay, I had a really good idea. It, it's here now. And this is just a sample, right? I mean, you can have a good idea, but it's another it's another thing uh, to implement that idea, because you weren't in that, you weren't from uh, the logistics industry. What was the first step? I'm, I'm, and I'm really curious about that. What was your first step to, to actually begin the business? What we did is we benchmark a lot. I, you know what? I didn't benchmark here in the Philippines. <laughs> I benchmark outside the country. So if you would notice, um, our business model is quite similar to what the other countries are, are particularly in uh, the Europe and uh, in, in the United States. I did a lot of research 
because it was hard like um you know if you don't have a background in logistics number one it's very hard because you don't know who to talk to we don't have consultants we can't hire consultants that's the thing our, it, i sorry, can't no, hire someone there was no, there was yeah no, Cash flow the time yet to talk of it. What 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 we did first? I did a lot of research and then I tried to automate the manual system. So at first we were using the three ply uh, receipt type, you know the carbon type for the way bill. And then I said it's not gonna work. If uh, so we were predicting if we get like a hundred shipments and there's only like two of us. I'm the customer service. My husband is the rider. I'm also the uh, dispatch officer. Oh. So what we did is I created a Google form type. So kasi I don't have the means pa to hire someone to develop the system. So what we did is Google forms. And then we tried to, we tried to automate uh, one by one, but not with the expensive type yet. So when we had to, uh, when we had the developer who, who, who's from Iloilo, but they're catering to a lot of uh, US clients, I asked them if they can create a skeletal system for us, not as expensive as the others, but something that we can live by if we're catering like 200 to 500 parcels. Mm -hmm. And then we were good with the price. So basically, I gave them the concept. You just design it for me in a skeletal way. But it would reflect in a in a dashboard way. So it, it worked for us for two years. And then when we started getting funds, then that's where we uh you know that's where when we started developing uh, the the own the, the business uh dashboard from scratch. So it was all gradual. It was all gradual. So the 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 money that initially came in from your angel investor was the first one to just to get everything up and going. For the first two years, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was pretty much like that. <laughs> really amazing story. I'm, I'm so inspired by your story here right now. And I want to just greet uh, this guy, John Betts, who's having a web 3.0 is the future. Galeng, thank you for leading the way, Bex. And he's also asking, uh, John's also asking, how much is franchising? And um, right now, I think what they can do is they can actually go uh, to your to your website and they can inquire over there. Then I think the rates will be, uh, you can find it on, on it the was, website, yeah. uh, it will be on the website yeah. of. Uh, bexcs.com.ph. I'm leaving that here on the screen. Okay, so let's let's move on a bit uh, with regard to your story because I find it very interesting. So two years you were doing this doing this business. 2019, uh, it was yeah. it was chugging along. Then of course mm. March 2020 hit. The pandemic hit. Yeah. What was its effect to the business? Because I mean, by this time we know that, you know it went two ways for logistics. Right? It's only the two of you there. It either exponentially grew because that's the only way that you could have gone for logistics. Because that was one of the sunrise industries during the pandemic, or you might have shut down. So, what was what did the pandemic do to your business? Did it did it greatly accelerate it? Was it an accelerant for your business? Okay, so this is also uh, uh, I wanted to share this, Arjun. Thank you for giving me this chance not to share it. So, before pre-pandemic, I was about to close the company. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was about to close because I was just giving it six months. I said, okay, on my timeline. If I can't increase the sales, because I'm very, you know, I, I, of course, I'm an accountant. I'm also an analyst. We started with 70,000 capital. In 2019, we ended at 47,000 uh, sales. So probably the net was just a half of it. So I was saying, if this will not go on, like I, I cannot capitalize anymore because it's really hard. We don't have investors. We don't have uh, a portfolio, something like that. So actually... Before we were closing, then came the announcement, there's a lockdown. Mm -hmm. And I was like, 
oh my God, is this a sign from God that we were gonna close the company? And my husband and I were just quiet. Kasi we don't know what to do. Uh, that's oh. that's the, the reality, RJ. I don't know what to do. And we were just looking at our son. And, and he was telling me, if we don't go out, we're just gonna be hungry. Our son's not gonna be able to get medication. And that's it. And at that time, we got one booking. So they were telling us, you need to go out and deliver the the PPEs and the masks. And I said, Paano yun? How can I leave my son? It's ECQ. Mm-hmm. My, my parents are locked down in, in, a, in a different uh, subdivision, in a different place. And, and we're, there's like three of us. So sabi niya, we have to bring him to all the deliveries. So wow. eventually, yeah. the, ECQ, the height of the ECQ. Yes. So what people yes. don't realize is that when you put up decks, <laughs> You guys were taking the orders and you were doing delivering the orders at the same yes. time. And it was the whole family. Yeah, I, had, naka, I guess it naka, was. Naka PPE no, we were we weren't even wearing PPE because at that time it was so expensive. And RJ, we even experienced riding the motorcycle. My my son was in front. He was also wearing helmet. He was like four then. My husband was uh, driving. I was having the grab bag with full of uh, parcels because we were delivering all three of us. So we 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 experienced that we know how uh how you know the boy ng riders we know that Kaya we we love our team very much and so we were delivering we were hiding him from the officers we we were caught ilang beses we were caught in Bataan we were caught in Pampanga but you know the you know the the police officers whenever we show them the certificate because we had to ask the barangay I was interviewed by Rappler back then because uh, I was one of the parents who were having difficulties at the time because my son really has fixation in going out. So I had to get a certificate from the barangay and then show it to the police officer, to the to the army, right? So tell them na please, we are working and we have to bring our son with us. Mm-hmm. So we hide him sometimes in the boxes. So those were the days that you were going to say na it's now or never. You do this, or, or you'll never get to the end of the story. So, eventually, we got a lot of bookings. After uh, no, after ECQ, we ended like a sale of 52000 I could still remember that because I had to bring tithes to my church. So, I was so happy that for the first time, we ended in, in one month, 52000 net wow. of sales. Because wow. we were the only ones who were coming out. Because we have the papers. Eh. So one tip for all entrepreneurs, you don't, uh, you really have to work on your papers because it, it proves that you are really serious in doing business. If we didn't have the right paperwork, we, we couldn't have gotten out during ECQ. So that was like the turning point. And, and, and then we, we talked about it and my husband said, okay, let's do this. Whatever happens, let's continue, Bex. Let's do this. So we started we started uh, recruiting people. I recruited my sisters again. Okay, yeah, Deva. Fastest recruits, fastest recruits. Oh. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh. So yeah, we, we 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 recruited them and then uh we ended with one branch. Wow. So the, the the oldest branch uh to date. And it's not at all because you were just developed this all amidst the pandemic. So it's not really an old yes. branch. Um, and yeah, Ra- yeah, yeah. Raquel GR just saying over here, amazing story, Miss March. God bless you more. Really, God bless you, March. And thank you so much for sharing the story. This is, and then ito, kay Ruby Evangelista, grabe ang pinagdaanan. You deserve every success, Miss March. And thank like, you. you know, God made the, I mean, 
God is good. That's all I can say. God is good. Yes. And you never expected yes, yes. sometimes in the in the midst of, like I said, in the midst of crisis lies great opportunity. And you kind of just embody yes. that uh, right, right over here. Now, in our story earlier on, when I introduced you, it came from one branch. Now you have got 10. Uh, tell yes. me how did how did you how did you scale so fast in 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 that year uh, since the start of the pandemic up to right now? Yeah, so most of the branch owners uh, are our clients, so they were very happy with the service. We we didn't really plan RJ to uh, expand right away because I I know the deal. Before you can even franchise, you need to have a proof of your concept. Mm -hmm. That's the goal. Mm -hmm. You need to make sure that you're earning before you uh, invite other people that, hey, what the business that I'm doing is really profitable. That's right. So, yeah. So, but eventually, they keep, uh, you know, people keep coming to us and saying, you know what? I, I like what you do. We love your service. Can we also do it? And who am I to, like, say, no, you can't do it? So, Honestly, the other branches came out of, uh, you know, uh, out of the clients um, wanting to do the business with us. So and and us wanting to help them build legacy. Because from the start, this is this is part of our goal. Like we want other parents like us to believe that there's more, that there's more that they can do. Hindi totoo yung hanggang pangarap na lang yan. Kaya yan, kayang kaya yan. If you really put your your mind into it, kayang kaya yan. Hello there, Chinky Tan here, motivational speaker, wealth coach, best-selling author, and now host of Chink Positive Podcast, a podcast that aims to help you to become wealthy and debt-free by teaching you on how to save, budget. Get out of debt and invest. Powered by Podcast Network Asia. Available on wherever you get your podcasts. See you there. Grab. I mean, and then the story, the story itself is just so. Uh, it's just so. I find it so inspiring for me. One of the one of the one of the best stories I've heard coming out of this pandemic, Marge, and. How when was when was the point for you? I guess when you when you I mean first of all I, I want to say that you know that's some of the best customers that you the best partners you can have for people who are, who are your clients because you know it's not just a not just a good a good word about you. They said I like your service so much. I'm willing yeah. to willing to to, to do it. Right. To, yeah. Oh. But the other one is what is the point for you? And I often ask this to many entrepreneurs when you go all of a sudden, oh my God, it looks like we're gonna make it. But there, there came a point that. It's actually going to grow because, like, for me, there came a point for, for me also in doing my business mercata. Like, when I saw like thousands of people coming to the market, and you know, I didn't have to, I didn't even have to tell them about what I was doing. They they just knew. I was going, wow, this is where we're headed. Where, where was that point for you, for Beck, where you said, my gosh, it's getting somewhere? Actually, there were a lot of times that parang sabi ko, we're not gonna make it. We're not gonna make it. But one time when uh, you know when I was when I was uh, thinking about the business model. And then uh, came to a point that someone was calling us and saying, your your business is franchisable. Mm -hmm. It was like a sign for me, like, okay, because I've been I've been thinking about uh, I've been thinking about getting investors. This is the reality. When you're a startup company, number one, if you are like the typical startup owner that you have put everything. Like this is your lifestyle. This is not the business that you just put in, you know, in mind. Na gagawin ko lang to, but eto na yun eh. It's your bread and butter. 
you can't just sell a portion of it. Ganon minsan yung mindset. So sabi ko, I'm not ready. I'm not ready at that time for investors. How do I scale it? And then someone called us, your business is franchisable. Uh, do you want to franchise it? And I was like, that was the turning point. And I would say, we're gonna make it. Because I know if I if, if we get out in the market, if people knows about the model that we have, and it's not just a model for us, it's a model for everyone, which is why we always tell this, it's a model for everyone because we want to empower MSMEs. We want to tell them that, hey, we were able to make it, you're going to make it, and you will make it. Wow. Really great story over there of how, how I mean, you're an entrepreneur helping other entrepreneurs. And usually when you come with that advocacy, I mean, I, I go back again to what Simon Sinek you know, said, but start with why, diba? Parang It's more than just yourself, diba? Sometimes yeah. when, you, when, when you're doing the business and it's more than just, it's not it's not how you're making money, it's why you're making money or why you're doing yeah. the business. And that, that really inspires yes. you, especially during the, the most challenging of times. Now, I was looking at the business. It's not just the customized delivery uh, that you're doing uh, right now, but you're also offering other sort of like complementary services. How did these other yeah. services come about? How did you... Were you still using your market analytical skills to just keep adding on to them? How, how, did, you, how did you come across the others? Okay, so um, that's true. I was using my market analytical skills because I'd be very honest. To grow the business, you need a lot of capitalization, right? If you want to scale it at some point, you need investors. And I've been studying the market. Fintech right now is the most trending and a lot of investors, a lot of uh, you know the big players in the, in the business world would like to invest on a company with fintech on it, with technology, not just plain logistics. And so I said, um, I need to do something. I have to tweak the model at some point because if the franchisee will just rely on the parcel delivery, what if, what if, there's a lot of players already, what if uh, they cannot uh, do the quota for the parcels, right? So they need another revenue stream. Mm -hmm. So... What we did is we expanded, we added fintech to it. We have, we are also, I forgot to mention RJ, we are also the first franchise who will be able to do the token exchange. Wow. Because we, yes, yes, that's one of our flagship. Uh, we, we will be able to do the token exchange and uh, the remittance and the buy -in center, the payment center. So aside from it, uh, we also did the warehousing because we are going to support provinces. MSMEs who are not able to warehouse in their in their home, diba? So mm -hmm. when they do the dropship, it doesn't have to be in their property. Kasi we don't want them expanding. This is the common, I'll, I'll tell you the common problem of, uh, you know, the sellers right now. They think that because they are selling a lot, they already have products, they already have, uh, you know, enough stocks. They want to invest on the warehouse as well and on the delivery as well, which is not their core competency. And grabbing capex, yan, grabbing uh, capitalization. Yan. So I, I, I see what, what you're taking. Basically, how you plan to expand the franchise is that you can expand a lot in specific areas, but it might be you controlling the warehouse. It might be you controlling the warehouse. Yeah. Yes, yes. So they can all definitely. do drop shipping from your warehouse to their areas that are nearby. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. And, and then... Uh, that's a bit more. I hope I hope Felix of, of Tetrix is still listening. Uh, you're going into blockchain for logistics, and uh, we don't have much time. But you know, this is something I want to talk about. Why why it's why it's so important? Because people all think that you know, blockchain is all about crypto, but mm -hmm. crypto is mm -hmm. part. Blockchain yeah, is really yeah, yeah. it's really one of the bigger bigger revolutionary things that can happen 
to logistics. Can you explain why why you're getting into using blockchain for logistics? For those who might not appreciate uh, its its advantages. Okay, so what are the advantage of uh, blockchain? Number one is transparency. So when the when the there's visibility on the paperwork on the paper trails, it cuts down the the time period of uh, processing all the shipments. For example, if if it goes from the warehouse and to the door of doorstep of the customer, there's transparency. The customer can view the trail of their shipments from the warehouse going to their doorstep. That's one. It, it solves that problem. Number two, it also solves the payment problem. Because right now, remittance is very hard. Like if you do the cash on delivery, you'd have to wait for, ano. in short, the capital that's supposed to roll in the seller's end, they can't use it because they have to wait. They have to wait from the, uh, from the buyer to be collected and then uh, to, the, to the logistics and then remit it to the seller and then tumakbo na yung araw. Natulog na yung kapital mo. And then you have to incur interest. Why? Because you're gonna borrow money from someone, from other people, from the bank. You're gonna borrow. Ikaw yung tumubo na interest. Natulog lang yung pondo mo. So if there's blockchain on it, there's a streamlined process. It It's uh, on one chain. You see everything. Even the payments are, are streamless. Because we're gonna use... Uh, okay, we we are going to use token exchange as well for the payments. We are, we're gonna do that. So it would save a lot of uh, time and effort plus the fees. It will lower down the fees. Why it's gonna lower down the fees? Uh, wala nang masyadong middle person. Yeah, I was gonna say, you, you, lessen, you, lessen, you lessen the friction yeah. costs. You lessen the friction Yeah, costs. yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Power things happen. And token exchange just means that you're just using technically one crypto to another crypto instead to make it... Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. right. Really great, really a lot of great things that we're covering here. And I, I, there's a lot of great entrepreneurial and business lessons that, we're, that are being shared here. Now, there are a lot of entrepreneurs also listening to us here right now. And I guess let's help them out a bit more. What do you see as the emerging opportunities uh, when it comes to, you know, not just in logistics, right? I mean, you're mm. seeing other opportunities which are emerging yeah. as a result of what you're doing. What are the trends that you see that are coming out uh, in that are that? that are in logistics that don't necessarily compete with you, but, you know, complement you or surrounding the products which you are shipping out that you think entrepreneurs can still take advantage of? Well, number one is uh, the dropshipping platforms. Actually, we're working with uh, two dropshipping platforms right now. Uh, this is one of the best solutions, I think. Now, it saves you CapEx because you don't need to maintain a warehouse. That's one. It also saves you time because... You don't need to invoice your uh, your. I mean, if there's a system that can process everything for you, you just have to work on your core. So you choose your products, you sell it. Because this is what I've been telling uh, a lot of us. If you do the business, you need to focus on the sales because there's no cash flow without the sales. And sometimes, uh, if you focus on other things that are not necessary for you to grow your business. You forget the sales part of your uh, of your business. So the emerging trends right now, uh, number one, are drop shipping platforms. They can take advantage of it. Um, I'll mention the name. So we have like Easy Sell PH. Uh, so Easy Sell PH is one of the platforms that we're uh, we're backing up right now in terms of fulfillment. So they have the capacity to uh, to put in uh, to sell the products, the goods. So as a manufacturer, for example, if I'm a manufacturer, I do manufacture, but I'm not strong in selling. Then I can put my products in there and they'll be the one to sell for you. And then we also have uh, an upcoming uh, platform. It's uh, it's more on the dropshipping side, wherein if I'm a reseller, I can create my own brand. 
Mm, and I can okay. choose from the warehouses. I can so choose. You, you from just that. start make a market. You just create your own storefront, yeah. a digital storefront yeah. for people to pick and yes. choose from there. Then yes. you just have the. Hopefully, yes. the warehouses are nearby, lang that they can get from. For yes, yes, yes. And we're there to back them up in in terms of the fulfillment. So there, there's like uh, streamlined processes. They all they really need to do is to focus on scaling the business to create a business plan. Because that's what that's how you scale your business. You need to have a business plan. You need to to scale it in a way that you it's already plotted in your calendar. Got that. Very nice. I, I like that. That it even if it's just in your dreams, you're plotting it already out yeah. in your calendar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, in terms of the products that you're seeing or trends that you're seeing in terms of the products that are the most quote unquote movable, fast, fast moving goods, what are the things that you're seeing um really really growing very exponentially in terms of products being sold? Or being shipped. Uh, number one right now is skincare. Skincare. Uh, it's one of the uh, fastest uh, trend right now. It's. I think it's gonna grow more in the next coming years. Anything related to health, actually, because people are getting more. Uh, you know, health conscious, and uh, they have a lot of time to. You know, think about uh, the, their uh, their the, you know the. How do I say this? The beauty side, the aesthetic side. So um, there's an emerging market on health products and on skincare. So anything in related uh, in relation to uh, skincare, and uh, hopefully, hopefully we can also uh, see emerging trends on on food business. Uh, in the food business side, uh, just to give uh, like an announcement, we are also working on the food chain. Because we know that there's a problem in the perishables right now. So the cold, the cold chain. So cold chain. Both uh, cold chain and also the dry goods, the farm to table, as what they say. We have been awarded with uh, a project from Denba, Japan. So we are studying now on how to uh, reduce the perishable uh, perishability of an item from 70% to 30% while in transit. And it, this will help a lot of our farmers, our, you know, the, the people who really work hard to produce, uh, you know, the, the vegetables and fruits. So we're doing this research and hopefully we, it will be launched in the next couple of months. Yeah, and that, 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 that type of technology was actually very important, especially uh, for the vaccines coming over here and to deliver yes. it into farther flung areas. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, and hopefully... going to be part of it. Hopefully, not, to be, not that we need another batch of vaccines, but if we do, yeah. it will be very yeah. helpful when it comes to that one over yes. here. Well, there's so much so much learning going on over here, Marge, and I hope that the, the listeners of the podcast get to appreciate that one. And we're going to start wrapping up uh, and as we start to wrap up over here, I just wanted to ask you, you know what? You've gone through everything. You've gone through, you know, being an employee, you know, to be the one actually delivering these things. You've gone through the hardships. You've gone through the successes. If you were to share your 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 life and business lessons here, into let's say three or four life business lessons that you want to share with future entrepreneurs, uh, what would those lessons be that, that you'd like to impart to them? Okay. Uh, one, uh, you have to be firm. So as the Bible says as well, no, the Lord doesn't like people who are changeable-minded. So you have to be firm. If you dream, you dream. If you want to do it, you do it. That's number one. And then number two, uh, don't be afraid because, you know, sometimes the thing that gets the best out of us is fear. If I had the fear to compete with the big giants right now in the industry, if I had the, you know, the if if I let my fear, like, I'm not going to make it, no one's going to notice us, I don't think Bex is going to be here. And then number three, you need to, you need to, you need to create your support group. 
Okay, so it's very important that you have your family, your friends back you up. Because at the end of the day, the people who will matter in you deciding your future will always be them. So it's very important that you, you know, you don't burn bridges. Exactly. That's what they say. You don't burn bridges. Yeah, if you get rejected, if you get rejected by some people, you know. So actually, that's the, that's the third one. You build a support group. And the last one, you don't take no for an answer. You don't take no for an answer. I have learned it. When when I was selling houses in the you know in the US, laging sinasabi yan sa akin, you don't take no for an answer. If they say no, it means you just have to find 10 more people, 20 more people, 40 more people, 100 more people to believe you. And in those in those uh, numbers, you will get at least one to two people who will really believe what you are uh, what you are really envisioning. And that's what's more important. So those are the four lessons you don't take no for an answer. You just go, you just continue because the Lord sees your heart and He knows when to reward you. And definitely if the Lord is the center of your business, everything will fall into place. Amen. God is good all the time. And having said that, I'm glad that I didn't take no for an answer to make sure that you became a guest. <laughs> Clark, my producer, commented over here. He said over here, very inspiring story. Uh, over here, and you know, Clark's heard a lot of my stories that have come on the show. <laughs> From here, that's quite Thank a you, Clark. to 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 how how um, how powerful I guess this podcast was here tonight. And for those of you who are listening here right now, and you are interested uh, to secure a franchise uh, in your place, and like like I said, the opportunity here actually lies to get in, in smaller areas, not in the city, get in the smaller areas yeah. over there. Uh, it might yes. be just for you. So please get in touch with us right now. That's a uh, www.beccs.com.ph uh, from Ruby Evangelista. Just want to say, just want her last comment here was nice. I'm glad I watched Golden Advice. Every entrepreneur needs so inspired. God bless you, Sir RJ and Sir and Miss March and Ruby. If you're really inspired, please continue to follow and watch the RJ Nadesa podcast again. Yes. Uh, March, thanks so much for guesting here. Me and March actually, I'm, I'm soon to belong to their same. Uh, B and I Infinity Chapter together with the President Mice and Tico. We have, have you over here and hoping to guest more people from our chapter again. Argila Desma, thanks so much. We will see, we will see you and hear from you in our next Argila Desma podcast this coming Thursday. Thanks again, guys. Thank have a great you. evening. Bye. Bye. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.